What is going on? It is Adam. Welcome back to Bringing It Backwards, a podcast where both legendary and rising artists tell their own personal stories of how they achieved stardom. On this episode, we hung out with Max Bennett Kelly over Zoom video. Max was born and raised in Kent, Washington, which is a suburb about 30 minutes south of Seattle, and talks about how he got into music. He started off playing upright bass and then bass guitar, eventually guitar. But he also had a drum set in his basement because his uncle was in a band and he stored his drum set in their their basement. So when he had friends come over, they were able to jam in his basement. So that's where his first band started was in the basement of his parents' house. He played in that band for a number of years, actually all through high school, ended up moving to Arizona. Some of the members of that band ended up moving to Arizona. So they reformed the band in Arizona Max talked about his time in Arizona with the band. They played a ton of shows and really nailed down their live set. They all ended up moving back to Kent and then to Los Angeles. Max talked about how the band eventually dissolved and he started his own solo project. He told us about the major success that he had on TikTok and some really creative marketing stunts that he did prior he was kind of against putting stuff up on tiktok so he had all these other creative ways of kind of getting a buzz about him prior to going online so he talks about those things as well as the success of happy healthy well adjusted on tiktok we also hear all about the debut ep he has coming out with the first song from that ep being released called super in love He talks about the concept behind the EP and actually a short film that will also be released along with the EP. You can watch our interview with Max on our Facebook page and YouTube channel at Bringing It Backwards. It'd be amazing if you subscribe to our channel, like us on Facebook, follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Bringing Back Pod. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, it would be incredible if you follow us there as well and hook us up with a five-star review. We'd appreciate your support if you follow and subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. We're bringing it backwards with Max Bennett Kelly. Awesome. I'm Adam, and this is about you and your journey in music, and we'll talk about the EP and, and the new song, which I love. I've listened to it like six times already in the last like hour. <laughs> Hell yeah. Thank you. I'm glad. glad yeah, hear. dude. Super like, upbeat, and yeah, yeah, I like it a lot, man. Thank you. appreciate that. Cool. So, um, first off, you are you born and raised in Seattle? Is that what I saw? Or Seattle area? Yeah, yeah, a suburb. I was born and raised in a place called Kent, Washington. Um, it's about thirty minutes or so south of Seattle. Very small town, kind of suburban thing. Um, yeah, and then that's where I grew up, and then I moved to Arizona for college, and then now I'm here. So, wow. Okay. Do you come from a musical household? Sort of. I mean, my parents like music and listen to it a lot, but no, not necessarily. Um, my uncle is in a band, though. And oh. so for a while, he stored his extra drum set in my basement. So that was like a big part of why I guess I started being in a band back in the day. But my parents don't play any instruments now. Oh, cool. So your uncle had a, a, a drum set at your house. So you would what? Is that's what you first started to play? Is that where you kind of started out on? No, actually, no? I have to. I have to correct myself. My dad does have an instrument. He bought. A, okay. He bought a like a a trombone on Craigslist when I was a kid. He wanted to learn, but he never learned how to do more than one note. But I remember he did have an instrument. Um, <laughs> did you play the uh, trombone? No, he didn't. He just. <laughs> my dad was just like, I wanted to. He wanted to learn it, and then just 
never did. But, but did um, you learn it? I guess. Did no, you pick it up? Oh no. Okay. No, I never did. No, I seen, I did like pick up the saxophone for a second though, okay. but no, for me, it started in, well, I guess in orchestra in elementary school. I was in the, I played the upright bass. So, oh, cool. you know, the big, the big like thing. Um, I was, it was way bigger than me back when I was 10 or 11. So my mom would have to carry it for me to school and stuff. <laughs> so that was what I first started. And then I really liked that. Um, and around that same time, yeah, my uncle had dropped off his drum set there. But then I was like, you know, I want to play the guitar. So I went from bass, upright bass to bass guitar. And then I went from that to the six string guitar. Um, and all we are in like a small town kind of community. So all my neighbors were my best friends. And so they would come over and we all started playing instruments at the same time. And, you know, one of my friends played percussion in the band. So then he played the drums and then we kind of just became a band accidentally. Oh, cool. When we were kids. Yeah. So we were friends first and then became a band. And so my parents were lucky or we, I was lucky to have parents who were cool enough to let us be loud in the basement and just bang away on those drums and kind of just write songs. We never would do covers. We'd only play like originals, even from when we were 10, 11, 12. Really? So yeah. Kind of funny. Were you the really songwriter? <laughs> yeah, I was. And did um, you sing as well for the band? Yeah. Except I would, I don't know. I kind of had this weird like upper limit thing where I always wanted to be a singer back then, but I would just imagine it as if it wasn't for me. I would be like, Oh, I'm going to like give this song to someone else or something. Cause I was like, I could never be a singer, you know, but I would like demo them out. We'd like make them and I would still sing them, but I would just, in my head, I would figure they were you going to write them for me. Give them, yeah. Pitch yeah. them to some of the other artists or something. <laughs> yeah. Which is weird to think that I kind of had a sense of that as a kid, but yeah. eventually I decided just to be the singer of the band. But, um, yeah, we were just writing about girls we liked in middle school. And we wrote a song about we remember those like NOS energy drinks? They're like monsters, oh, yeah. but they're like yeah, we wrote yeah, a song yeah. about we wrote a song about those. <laughs> we wrote a song about yeah. The first like full song we made though was called Nine Days. It's so embarrassing. But this girl who I was friends with was I was like 13. She went on like a trip to the Bahamas or something for nine days. And before she left, she like gave me a peck on the lips. And I was like, that's crazy. Why'd she do that? And I wrote a song about it with my friends. And we were like, this is so awesome. So that was like the first full one we did. <laughs> did you guys reconnect when she got back nine days later? No, I kind of felt awkward. I never wanted to talk to her again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. So would you uh, play shows and stuff? Like, or was it mainly just a basement fun thing that you did we would do i guess the first thing we ever did together was a school talent show obviously and so okay. i remember my parents saying like oh we thought you guys were just making noise down there but it was cool to hear it all come they were like it all came together when you played the show i was like yeah that's they, that's the vision but uh we would do like yeah after school assemblies and then i was like i did the student government and stuff in high okay. school and so i would just like book my band for every assembly <laughs> or like everything any way to just have an opportunity to play um and we yeah just stuff like that but then we decided this is like in 2010 2011 okay. and so this is when like online odd future and stuff was like popping up on youtube and we were like in the early mac miller stuff and then we decided that we were going to make hip-hop 
because of that we were influenced by that so we kind of put down the instruments and we had a, one of our friends he got like a cracked version of fruity loops on like okay. a school computer and we'd make beats <laughs> and then he was such a good producer it was insane like he would i swear he was a groundbreaker back in the day we would take you like yeah we so we made um we were rapping and everything i've always loved lyrics and so that was really fun for me it was me and my friend dan who was he used to be the drummer of the band he became like the other rapper mm-hmm. and then we kind of made a sort of odd feature style collective of friends and um it was really cool i grew up everyone was really into music like so there are a lot of bands and different people making music at my high school and so it was never it was always really supported by everyone and it was a cool little scene in our <laughs> school yeah, district so it wasn't so, even like you had to go up to seattle to 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 kind of be a part of that scene it was you guys no no it was cool and it was the the internet was really like social media was kind of just getting started around then and like vine was a big thing so we just posted stuff on vine and yeah it it was pretty cool and back then i felt pretty easy to find people who um liked your stuff i guess so i'm gonna put my phone on do not disturb um so then yeah, we just did that for a while. We, that's how I got my start on making the videos and everything too. Cause that was the huge, that was a big component in the YouTube rap scene back in the day. So we got mm-hmm. the first camera we got was a GoPro and oh, nice. I wanted a fisheye. I wanted to like get that fisheye look, but you know, with the old GoPros, there was no viewfinder. So we didn't know what we were filming. Yeah. You just, so we, yeah, we would, like, you just point hold it, it right? up to our, we'd hold it up to our <laughs> foreheads. So like our eyes would be what it was seeing. Yeah. So we made a bunch of videos like that that are still on YouTube, but under a different name you're never gonna find them and then, yeah that's how it kind of got started in full and that's how i started like you know i got a microphone and we like saved up our all our money from like our summer job to buy oh my god it's, it's the actual same microphone that i still use we bought this when we were 14 it's blue no Blue-Bird way thing. yeah that we bought with our summer jobs but i got it now i still have it i recorded all my songs on it so i was gonna say is that what you use to record the songs that you already have out yeah, everything is recorded on. <laughs> that's awesome. I got it when I was 14. Wow. Um, that's quite the yeah, investment. That's, that's killer that you still have it. Kept it in good shape. You know, I, I need to upgrade at some point, but it does its, does its job. It's working now, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's getting millions yeah. of streams online. <laughs> Pretty crazy, right? Pretty insane. <laughs> uh, you said you went to move to Arizona for college. Did you go to pursue music or something completely different? Well, okay. So my plan was I was going to go to California after high school and do music with my band because, oh yeah. So I guess around like junior or senior high school, we decided to not, um, we didn't really feel super authentic doing the hip hop thing anymore. And we wanted to go back to making like rock music. Mm-hmm. And so we started the band up again proper and we were going to go to LA together as the band. But then we had some like falling outs with some members of the band at the end of high school and then no one wanted to do it anymore. And I was like, ah, damn it. Like, what, that was my plan. I don't know what yeah. I was supposed to do. So then I ended up, I ended up getting a full ride to Arizona and I was like, I guess I'll just do this. Like, I'll just like, this damn, wasn't really, what? were you, um, yeah. Yeah. How'd you, what scholarship did you get? Which is academic. It's a, it's a national merit scholarship. Okay. So, and I was like, well, I can't, this is like a perfect alternative. You know what I mean? Like it's going to, why would I not take this? So mm-hmm. it's kind of sad, you know, not, but I was pretty committed. I was like, well, if this band thing's not going to work out, I'm going to go full in on being like an adult. So I went to school <laughs> to go to business school. 
by myself in Arizona. Well, actually, the drummer of the band also happened to go to the same college in Arizona with me, but unrelated. Like for we were just friends. We didn't plan to do the music stuff there together. Okay. Um, but yeah, we I did that for a couple of years. Got really good at school. Really good grades. Got a real short haircut, and then kind of halfway through, I was like, "This sucks." I mean, like, I like school. It's fun, but I can see where this like leads me. You know, I, right. I always had dreams of like escaping the kind of small town suburban life. For me, I mean, I'm, a lot of people have. I mean, millions of people love this, right? But I, right. I always just wanted to not do this. But I could see that like this path I was taking in school was going to kind of lead me right back to where I started. So I was like, oh my God, I need to do, I need to do music again. Um, and right around that same time, the lead, the other, um, the other singer of the band, we had two singers in our band. We, he, um, that's the one we had a falling out with. He decided to like call me up and be like, yo, I'm dropping out of school. I'm divorcing my wife. I'm going to move oh, down damn. to Arizona with you guys. Let's, I'm going to live the in a van. Let's start the band again. And I was like, that's dope. Let's just do it. It's because <laughs> the drummer was already there. And I had the, he was like our kind of like producer slash, he did kind of a lot of stuff. So he moved down to live in this van. And then we had our guitarist who's still back home in Kent. He moved down too. And then we started the band up in college. And then from then on, I was like, yeah, school is not, that's not my thing. But I'd still graduated though. I still wanted to make sure I like, you know, didn't completely squander that. Mm-hmm. But then yeah, we got to start doing that's where we got like most of our live show experience, if not all of it. We would play in California and stuff, but Tucson has like a really cool live music scene, specifically yeah. around like punk. You know, there's a lot, there's always been a big pop punk scene in Arizona with like Jimmy Eat World and stuff. But mm-hmm. nowadays it's like we played shows with like Ann Arbor and like shit like that. That's, those yeah. guys who did the song from Scooby Doo too. I know. I inter- I've had song. them on my podcast before. They're cool, right? They're great. Yeah, man. super cool. Um, yeah, we played with them and. Yeah, we would like play with, there, there's so many venues in Tucson and we stayed for a summer there. I like gave up my internship and we're like, let's get good at doing this band thing. So we, I was in a frat at the time, but I like, it was not really my, my thing. I just, it was cheap to live there and I stayed there over the summer. Oh my God. <laughs> I didn't even, no one even knows I did this, but I was the only person living there in the summer. And so I had like my bandmates live there with me who weren't in it. And we just like squatted there for free and like set up the whole house as like our band recording thing. So we recorded like all our songs in that house and like had at our school. So we stayed there for the summer when no one was at school and just played a bunch of shows at like every dive bar we could. And like, we played like three, four shows a week to like zero people. And it was fun because there's no pressure, you know? And mm-hmm. we got like a hundred, couple hundred shows under about there, I swear. But when school started back up, we were like, we we moved into like a, a house which is really cheap in Tucson for the same price and paying for this one bedroom we had like a five bedroom with a backyard and stuff <laughs> and then, yeah it's crazy I, I'm As from San Diego I had some friends that moved to Arizona because of that same reason they're like let me get this straight <laughs> quality of life is amazing right yeah. also San Diego is awesome I was just in San Diego I love it down there oh cool yeah I recently moved or I guess within the last couple of years moved to Nashville but uh, born and raised in San Diego and I lived in the oh you're in Nashville right now yeah yeah, yeah. cool I love it here. I want to go for, I want to go soon I always I've always wanted to go and write some stuff in Nashville oh yeah there's a ton of talent here obviously yeah I have a lot of friends who kind of got their start in like the country sort of scene over there so I've mm-hmm. always been interested in that genre so I would love to go and like do a writing camp there I think it'd be awesome 
Yeah. It's more than, I mean, I moved here thinking the same thing and I'm not huge in the country. So I was like, oh, this will be interesting. But I mean, there's so many walks of every, you know, genre come here and write or live here and write. It's pretty wild. I mean, a lot of like the pop punk emo guys live here and everything from that to country. I mean, it's pretty, right. pretty diverse songwriters. Yeah, I'd love to go. It's just like, I don't know, the birth of a lot of cool stuff. So. <laughs> yeah i'm planning to go this year i want to i want to spend like a month there it'd be great yeah, dude. love it it's awesome be cool um so you okay so you guys were squ- squatting in this frat house and then when school starts <laughs> up again uh, what do you what do you like uh, when school starts up again that's when you got the fi- the the house that you all lived in together yes and okay. we, we set up a um like a house show venue in our backyard we built these stages and we would just have people come over you know and i had been in school for a while now so i kind of knew how to get people to go to a party you guys make it a party and then happen to have your band there you know right so we'd make these really sick events like we would get like we'd buy like a tour, like a party bus or whatever and get people like make a pregame for it and get people there and then like instead of charging like an entry fee we'd like charge like a can of food for like a canned food drive or something or just like make it like an event it was always a lot of fun and we'd always try to do stuff for the community because Tucson is such a cool place, even outside of the school, you know, especially outside mm-hmm. of the school. And so we, um, yeah, we just do these events and we'd have like friends from other States that come play with us. or we would go around and just like kind of utilize the, the network of the school and the people we met over summer to just put on house shows. It was so much fun. And yeah. Um, I pulled the same tactics I did in high school too. I was in like student government in college and I would just like book us for, for shows and stuff. So we would do like <laughs> spring fling and yeah, it was cool. But um, yeah, it was, it was a really good time. And I definitely am happy that I got all that live show experience under my belt at the time. Cause that's like mostly what we were. We didn't do much social media stuff. We were like way too, we thought we were way too punk to do that. Mm-hmm. So we wouldn't even really record our stuff. I think we had recorded like five songs or something. Cause I didn't really know how to produce a live band, but the show was killer. Um, but yeah, we were like, this is, we are the next big thing. We, this is going to be so dope. Let's go to California and just become like rock stars. But no, none of that translates, you know, cause it's weird. Just, um, it's hard to make being integrated in like a live scene translate to LA, you know, it, there's not the same people here and we didn't have any kind of social presence. So when, we moved here. Well, that's not really what happened. We moved here in March 2020 is when our lease started. Oh, wow. The, yeah. So that's so when you left Arizona to move to LA at, with the band, as a band? I guess I'm doing like the speed run version. So after we graduated, we went back home. All of us went back home to Kent to okay. um, save some money before we went to LA because we knew it was going to be more expensive. And also we picked up some friends from Arizona along the way too. So they moved back to Kent with us. So we had this like house together in Kent where I grew up with some mm-hmm. people from back home, some people from Arizona, but like there's like nine of us in this squad, like the six members of the band. And then like, like our camera people and social media people that we were supposedly going to have social media people, you know, like a whole team of people. Right. Um, but then we went back home and saved money. But then we met through like some chance encounters. We found some, these like producers in Seattle that we were pretty naive back then. They like, we met them and they were like, we're going to turn you guys into like 
I don't know. We bought into the whole thing. Super stuff. So <laughs> yeah. So they convinced us to stay for an extra six months to like, record this album with them. But I don't really know how that stuff worked back then. They made us like, they had us like gather a bunch of money and like give them this kind of upfront fee to produce the album, which, you know, now I know better than that. But so then we had to, you know, save up that money and like get that money back before we moved to LA. So we stayed for six months, did like one session with these guys and like, we're really not happy with how it turned out. And so we were like, damn, we just got ourselves into this, this pickle. So we were supposed to go in September to LA, but then we had signed that six month lease. And so then we ended up not working with this band or these producers. So then we had to work like overtime at this, our jobs to like save that, get that money back to go to LA, which, you know, I feel like was kind of the beginning of the end for it. Cause we all worked at this Irish pub together, mm-hmm. <laughs> all of us, we got the same job and we live in the same house, but then everyone at the pub we worked in together quit. So we like, we had to cover all the shifts. So we'd never see each other. Cause like one of us would open, one of us would be at lunch. One of us would be at night. One of us would be in the kitchen. One of us would be, so like, we just oh. had full control of this like Irish pub that <laughs> we didn't, we never would see each other. And then we'd go home and we wouldn't have time or our schedules wouldn't conflict or wouldn't work to make what? songs. So we just made like no music and we were just like, let's just get to LA. This will be great. You know? And then no, we moved there. That at least started in March, 2020. But I guess if you remember like the beginning of COVID stuff, it was kind of centered around the Seattle area, like in Kirkland, oh, yeah. Bellevue. Yeah, which is where we lived. So we were like in the epicenter of it. So we knew about it really early. Um, and we worked in the restaurant back then. So like everyone was freaking out and they were like, you guys got to get out of here or they're going to like seal the borders and you can't leave the state. They're going to quarantine you in. And we were freaking out. So we just like left our lease early back home. And then like, yeah, we were basically thinking, okay, our lease is up in February in Kent and it starts in March in LA so if we don't go right now, we're going to have to move back in with our parents and we're never going to go to LA. Right. So we're like, let's just, let's just go to the new city together. And so we drove down knowing no one in the middle of a pandemic. And then we got <laughs> to um, LA and then, yeah, we we're all in like unemployment and stuff. So then we didn't have the excuse of work anymore. And we were all in this house together with no job and we like still weren't making music. And I was like, oh, maybe this is maybe this is over. I didn't really realize it. Maybe it's kind of been over for a while. Mm-hmm. And so then one by one, everyone left for, for various reasons. Like, yeah, we moved they down there left. with nine people. They yeah, left LA like, or just left yeah, the house like, or whatever. Uh, some people left the house, moved out. And then some people ran out of money and had to go back home. And then other people like, Eventually, everyone went home is what happened, except we had some people like move to the West Side. Now we're still friends with them, but they don't do the band anymore. But um, just me and my best friend, who was our videographer, who we met in Arizona, his name's Clev. We, he stayed in the house and we just had this like five bedroom house on Melrose now that was like empty. And we're like, how are we going to pay for this? Like, what is what happened here? I thought we were supposed to be in this band and we only lasted like six months in L.A. We made no songs and it's the middle of COVID. Like, what the hell do we do? Right. So we um, ended up just like meeting new people to fill the house. Um, just that generally like creative people we had. Um, like, you know, I don't know if you know the artist Devin again. She lived with us for a while. Hmm. Um, we filled the house with just like other friends we knew in college and just like had to make it work somehow. But 
I was like, I guess I have to be a solo artist now. I didn't really think about that. I always thought I was going to be in a band. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I started noticing people going viral on TikTok because that's just what was happening in 2020, 2021. But I was so resistant to it. I was like, I was still in that mentality that we were in in college where I was like, no, nah, social media is not like my thing. And so me and my my friend Clev, we had our this is a grand scheme of how we were gonna like network and meet people in LA without doing social media. So we were like brainstorming, like how did people find out about clubs in college or how did anyone find out about stuff before social media? And we came up with the brilliant idea to do tabling. Like, you know, like in college and people just like set up a table and they like, hand out flyers. And oh stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. We were like, what if we just did that for our like our music or whatever? And we kind of, we thought we know it's stupid. We, we thought it'd be pretty funny. And we were thinking, okay, but we're all we're wearing like masks and stuff. So how are people going to know what we look like? And so we printed out these eight foot tall signs of our faces and set them <laughs> up. Yeah, it's crazy. And like we got like because no people were it's like the world's going to end. We can just let's just go crazy. So we were right. like, what would happen if just for like a month we just did this every day from nine to five like a job and just set up shop at a different spot in LA for a month um just to see what happened and so i didn't have any songs out at the time i was just like an artist in theory more than practice um and i would refuse to do tiktok we didn't record any of this in social media this is a completely like an in real life experience thing oh, we didn't even wow. film it it was just nothing we just like set up we just were like all right let's just start it so we set up a booth by like the melrose trading post and just like set up a, a, a table with like stickers that i made which is like my face on it i wasn't even an artist yet I had nothing on spotify and we just had an eight foot tall sign in my face and we were just sitting there being like, yo, what's up? You guys want to be friends? And people thought it was hilarious. And so we That's so met funny. so many people, like all the friends I have to this day in LA, we met through this. Um, and we did it in the trading post. We did it at like Rodeo Drive. We did it in like Venice Beach. <laughs> I met like so many people. And then we started getting crazy with it. Like we dress up in like, we had these like shiny suits. That, it's just so stupid. Just like these like stunts like publicity stunts but with no social media involved we just were doing this to be part of the spectacle of this crazy time we were living in but i guess one thing led to another through there and i met some music people and then um, i met a musician who like wrote a song i really liked which inspired me to like pick up the pace of like okay, i need to figure out how to be like, a solo artist and then i made a song that was inspired by this guy and then I, it was happy healthy then i was like all right i'm tired of doing this science thing let's let's just post this on tiktok and i posted it on tiktok and immediately it went viral so then oh that's my gosh was yeah, that your so first post to tiktok or it was, it was like my so- sixth post oh my gosh wow yeah, that's crazy i was like why didn't i just do this the whole time <laughs> so much easier. right but at least you have that cool story and i've never heard yeah. anyone else have like have that has done that that's awesome setting up do you ever get kicked out i mean like rodeo drive showing up there with an eight foot picture you know thing well that day we did on rodeo drive our theme that day was this is so stupid we were like scientists that day so we were in like lab coats and we had the clipboards and we had like a chemistry set out and like we just have people like hey you want to do science with us and we just had beakers full of like colored food coloring and like we just make it so stupid (laughs) but we met a guy there who like wanted to become like he said he was looking for like a creative internship. And so we found an intern that day, he gave us his resume and he became like one of our like best friends. And like, he's like helped us make so much stuff since then. And oh, that's just because we so showed funny. up in lab coats. Um, so 
but yeah, I'm really happy I did that. It felt like we were doing some crazy thing to, I don't know, just change. You got to do something weird to change your life, I guess. And I feel like yeah. that was the start of everything happening. But ultimately it was, it was kind of just, I had to meet the right people to motivate me to then take the, you know, maybe follow some time tested, at least a couple of years tested methods of getting your exposure. And so, yeah, then I started doing TikTok and that's kind of how the solo stuff got started. Wow. So once you put out that, that TikTok video and it's going, you know, it goes viral, like, what was that? Like, you just turn your phone back on and you're like, oh my God, it's going, this is crazy. Like, like yeah, what is that like rush? Like I, 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 I've always just, I'm always so curious. Cause I, I if it was me, I'd think it, I think of it as like a slot machine. Like I would just keep pulling it and be like, okay, what is it now? Like, Oh, a, you know, hundred <laughs> well, thousand. It was really immediate. It, um, cause I had posted, like I said, a little bit before zero followers, you know, just like a couple hundred views. And all of a sudden that one was like, it's a couple hundred thousand or something. And it was, solo effort it was just like me playing my song out of my speakers and being like check this out kind of thing mm -hmm. um but it was crazy it was almost like wow this is kind of, i've always wanted like internet success like that since i was a kid but i never really tried I, so that way I, you know i'd always have the excuse for why it didn't happen because i never really put myself out there you know what i mean i put stuff mm -hmm. on the internet but would never really promote it but then i was like wow this really feels like what i should have been doing all along so it felt I feel like I'd already seen it. I don't know how else to describe it. Like I'd already envisioned this. So it wasn't that crazy, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I was like, Oh my God, this is real. Um, but it ended up being a pretty weird time. And I guess I never really talked about this, but so um, the day that the song went viral on TikTok, my cousin passed away the same day. And we were really close and he actually, he committed suicide and oh gosh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. Thank you. No, it was really, it was really tough. Cause I was like, wow, this was the beginning of my career and him and I were kind of, we were accountability buddy type people. And so we, he was really supporting me in like getting my music started and he was pursuing a fighting career. And so I was like helping him on that. We do like weekly check-ins and stuff. We were super close, but then that happened. Yeah. The same day. And oh, so God. I was like, what do I, what do I do about this? Cause obviously I was like obliterated in my brain. I was like, how do, this is so terrible. But at the same time, like he, every day would like spur me on or every week we'd talk about, you know, just hold each other accountable. And like, he definitely would have wanted me to keep going. So I had to kind of put on like a happy face and like post TikToks. It was so weird. It was really weird. And it really hurt, honestly. Cause I was like, damn, I have this kind of like moment. And like, people are hitting me up, you know, I'm like getting these conversations with labels are hitting me up, like managers, all this stuff that I've always dreamed of. And at the same time, I'm like grieving or like trying to. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, it kind of ended up being a rough summer. I got into some like, I don't know. I just like, uh, tried like numbing it out by going out a bunch and like partying and mm -hmm. enjoying the distractions that were now available to me. And, you know, just like, pursuing women and stuff and honestly not making that much music really just like numbing the 
the sadness, you know? Yeah, um, definitely. And I really, honestly, I really wanted it to end. I really was like, I want to stop. I wish like people would stop paying attention to me right now so that I could like process this. But how do you, I wasn't really thinking that, that clearly at the time. That's why I think of it now. Cause then I ended up kind of like burning out like super bad, you know, cause it sucks. It's pretty exhausting to have to try to be like dancing around online when you're really sad. Yeah. Um, and also like, yeah, it was tough. And then at the same time, you know, I'm meeting new people and like, I had met like a manager and so I'm going in all these sessions and I'm making new music, but then that was a weird thing for me too. Cause I had never made music with anyone outside of my band. And so I'm like meeting all these new people and trying to like write stuff, but at the same time, like really in pain and like kind of avoiding what I was actually feeling. And so I was doing these kind of like superficially motivated songs about whatever girl I was seeing or whatever mm-hmm. dumb thing I'd done at a party or whatever. So a lot of my music was surrounded, surrounded that kind of time of just like, here's the high of having a moment. Cause you know, the song keeps growing and I had like some really great opportunities happen from that. But at the same time, I'm like totally disconnected from myself and how I'm really feeling about everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. So then that lasted about six or seven months until I was like, I'm, this is making me so unhappy. I can't do this anymore. So I kind of got off social media, stopped doing TikToks. Stop making music, honestly, for a while. I made so much music that summer, though, like hundreds of songs. And then maybe not hundreds, maybe like a hundred. But, but like, were you putting out others? I mean, because obviously with uh, Happy, Healthy, Well Adjusted, like that song, not only does it did it do well on TikTok, but it translates over to people leaving the app and then going to Spotify and streaming on Spotify. And, you know, it's got almost 12 million streams there and didn't like netflix do something with it or like it, it really went yeah yeah yeah. Well, that's actually, it's funny they like tweeted or they responded to the tiktok because you know the lyric about the ex-girlfriend's netflix yeah and so then we me and netflix kind of had this back and forth um where i just created this narrative where like netflix itself was netflix the entity was the ex-girlfriend i'm talking about in the song and it was hilarious (laughs) that netflix like let me get away they would like play along with it yeah so that went back and forth that was it was funny and they came over like they had a rep like give me like a gift basket with like a note in it like a breakup note it was so funny they really (laughs) they really went but if actually that those are the things that went viral more so than the song itself like so the netflix story is what i guess yeah those are the big ones the song obviously went you know this the videos of just the song did pretty well but um yeah it was the netflix stuff which is such a confusing place to be in because like i said i just started doing tiktok and i didn't know what the hell i was posting i was like i don't know how to recreate this and then this is such a unique situation with like the netflix thing i don't know yeah because you know the, the theory on tiktok is like okay this works keep doing it I was right. like, okay, well, what are my choices here? Keep writing songs about corporations and hoping that they, <laughs> what, what's my plan? Yeah. I'm like, I'm not going to do that. I'm not, there's no way. And so then my kind of reaction, probably fueled by like kind of what I was going through at the time. I was like, I'm going to go the exact opposite direction for my next song. Mm-hmm. And so I think a lot of people wanted me to do, you know, a follow-up to Happy Healthy. And I was like, doing sessions where people would be like, yeah, what's like a corporation we can name? And I was like, so tired of it. I was like, there's no way I'm going to do that again. Um, um we did we we did we even made a song i had i made a song about chipotle one time like i was like what am i doing this is not this is not it but then um 
so the next song, I was like, let's go completely a different direction. And um, I, we did the Outsiders and then I put that one out and then went like in even another different direction with Fresh Green. And then at the same time, like I, I was making the follow-up to Happy Healthy, like the EP that I'm, I have finished now and I'm putting out, like these are the songs that I see as being connected to mm-hmm. you know happy healthy like if this were an album i guess i would have put happy healthy on it because these are all related in a way but the stuff in between like outsiders fresh green and then i did birthday and then broken always never again these ones were just kind of standalone singles that just explored different sounds because i was never happy with just doing the same thing again but yeah. i did want to kind of continue the saga of like what happy healthy meant i guess which to me is a song about being unhappy with where you're at in your life and yet still enjoying it, I guess. But I was really interested in the story of like what happened with that song, like from like a metal level, like putting that out. And then all the stuff I went through that summer was kind of a, what I thought was an interesting story. Cause it was like, wow, all my, my dreams are kind of beginning to come true. And I was just not happy about it, which I feel like is a pretty, common feeling you know but it didn't feel like i thought it would and i was doing it alone rather than with a band like i imagined and i was grieving and i was getting older and still living in a garage and like still had no money and you know stuff going viral on the internet doesn't actually necessarily translate to like success in real life like one might imagine you know right it doesn't really mean anything theoretically Mm -hmm. um yeah so those ideas like fuel the next batch of songs and so that is what the new music I'm putting out right now is, is all that music I wrote in the summer oh, okay. after happy healthy. And then that's yeah. when you took the break. You said you kind of like took a, did you say break or you, you know, a- after the fact you were kind of like, okay, I need to like, you know, I need to reset. Yeah. yeah reset. Like that's in, a good word for it. I couldn't think of. Yeah. It was like in December of 2021. I remember I just did a session. And I just felt completely empty. Like obviously I can make a song. I had enough practice now to like make something. I can make a song and it could sound good, but I was like, this does not feel like honest anymore. It doesn't feel like I'm for me. It's always about first and foremost, like what is this expressing more so than like, is this catchy? Obviously I want them to be catchy and fun and, you know, like listenable, but it always has to come from a spot for me of like, here's a feeling that I kind of don't want to feel anymore. So let's put it into a song. So I don't, so it just exists on its own separate for me. that's always how I've worked. But then I stopped like wanting to do that or something, or I felt like I had to start confronting my, myself literally without having to make a song, without having to like hide behind the making of a song and like really think about, wow, like, okay, I moved to LA. I got into a lot of credit card debt to make this music thing work. I live in a garage. My car doesn't work. Like I'm not happy. And I did this so that I can make songs. Like I have to deal with my life now. I got to figure out how to get this back in order. Cause you know, world is opening up again. And then I had to kind of, I felt like I had like not fucked up, but I had gotten myself into a corner in pursuit of this, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, I moved to LA. Yeah. So I moved to LA and spent all my money to become a, become what a guy that is making TikToks without really knowing what I'm expecting, without even really feeling like I'm being myself. I don't know. It just felt like the music I was making, nothing felt really honest anymore. So then I just had to decide like what, 
why I wanted to do this, like what it was for. So the next year I spent, I was obviously still making music. I'm always making stuff, mm-hmm. but I explored a bunch of different, I guess, avenues of making music. Like where does this, what part of me is this coming from? You know, cause I didn't want to have to keep like making myself unhappy in order to motivate me to make songs. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Yeah. So how do you, how do you like then decide to actually become happy and still stay creative and still stay inspired. <clears throat> so that's like what the last like year, I guess, has been about. I think I've kind of figured it out. But at the same time, it felt like I was running out of things to say. So then I decided to go finish up all the music that I made during that summer, which then became this EP that I'm putting out now. Oh, okay. So like yes. even with the most recent one that you just put out, the uh, Super In Love, with that song, was that yes. a part of that, that summer batch? Yeah, or was yeah. that something normal? Okay. That was actually, that's like one of the last ones I wrote at that time. And so, <clears throat> yeah, the EP is coming out this summer. It's kind of the first time I'm talking about it, but yeah, it tells a story. It's about what happens when you reach for something and then you kind of get it, you know? And so, yeah, it's a story of Happy Healthy came out. I decided to use that to become this like, person I didn't really like and doing the whole LA thing. And amongst that, like, you know, I met this girl I was seeing for a while that kind of, I don't know, became my muse sort of, but really it was like a me thing. You know, that's how it always is. It's like, I want something to write songs about. So then super in love is like the end of the EP. It's actually the last song on the EP. And it's kind of like the epilogue for this story where I can kind of look at everything in past tense and be more positive about it. Um, but yeah, it's a story. It's like intertwined between, sorry, it's intertwined with my feelings about LA, my feelings about girls I was seeing, my feelings about myself, my feelings of grief and everything. And yeah, I thought it'd be interesting to start it off with the end. So you know when you like you read a book and you read like the last sentence before you? Yeah. You ever, you ever do that? <laughs> I, I never dude I was terrible at reading, man. I still am. I have to listen to it on like Audible, but <laughs> um, well, I, 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 yeah. I knew people that do that though. Yeah, they'd go to the very last few sentences of the book. Like, okay, now I, I kind of know how it ends. Let me start at the beginning. Yeah. So that's kind of what I wanted to do. Okay. And so that's why it's real credits. That's why it's real credits. It all makes sense in the context though. Now of it does. EP, yeah. But, yeah, now it does. And at the time, you know. I'm just writing what I feel. And then you kind of put it together at the end. And you're like, Oh, like these songs together tell the story of what, you know, it is. So it'll make, you'll understand once the, when you hear the full thing, but you know, the first song kind of plops you down right in the middle. I'm at this, it's a song about being like at a party and you're like, this is terrible. I don't like, I don't want to be here, but yeah, at the same time, I don't want to be anywhere else. I guess I just got to be mad about this. And just that feeling of like, why does everything I, why don't I like this thing that I thought I liked? And that's kind of the theme of the whole, the whole thing. Um, yeah, six songs and this is the they're first. all made. This is the first one. They were all made in my garage that I used to live in in Melrose on that same microphone I got when I was 14. But then when we started doing, we started playing them live, me and uh, my band that I met here. We were like, this is so much more awesome when they're played live. So then I was inspired to 
record the whole thing with a live band actually except for super in love super in love still has the drum samples from the because i just liked how they sounded but the rest of it we got a four-piece band and i recorded the whole thing live and i was really insistent on i have to engineer this thing myself i gotta produce this myself i gotta i don't know i had like something to prove or i don't know some weird thing i feel like so i had to i was like fried my brain this summer trying to figure out how to track a live band and also I was really obsessed with like 90s rock at the time. So I was like, how do we make this authentically sound like it was made back then? So I bought a bunch of gear that would make it sound like that. I like researched what guitar pedals my favorite bands use that like refused to use any plugins. I went crazy about this. I don't know why oh, it would wow. inspire me to do this. Yeah, I was like, I'm going to make this. I'm going to get the chunky Weezer guitar sound, but with real gear. I'm not going to use these plugins. I don't know why. I don't know what inspired me. I just liked the idea of like challenging myself in that way. And so, yeah, I was like, let's make this whole thing with like no reverb. Let's make it sound like old pavement or something. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. I remember because I listened to, I've always loved Pinkerton by uh-huh. Weezer. Oh, that's and the best I liked album how, from them. Yeah, it's the best. And I liked how they, I like the story of it because, you know, they follow a blue album with self-producing this thing to sound like their live album. So I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I can do that too. And I thought it would be cool to put a body of work together like that rather than a series of, you know, disconnected singles. I was like, what would it feel like to create something from the top down? These are already written, but to produce these out in a way that hopefully, at least in my brain, is more than the sum of its parts. And so it felt really cool to make a semi-authentic representation of the music that inspired it. I think that's also a reaction too, because Happy Healthy kind of got put in this lane of like the new pop punk type stuff that was mm-hmm. especially really popular in 2021 and i was like what if we take a step back from that and make this sound more like what inspired it but written in the style of the way these new style songs are so that was kind of the experiment but yeah after that though i'm kind of i kind of learned like maybe i don't like being a producer as much as i thought but i'm happy that <laughs> i did it <laughs> happy that i did it um yeah Wow. So the whole record, you you produced the whole EP that's coming out. All, and I produced insane. everything except for the next single, because the next single is just an acoustic guitar in me. Oh, okay. um, but I did that one with Lil Aaron and Dan Garrity, who plays guitar for um, 21 Pilots, and he and Aaron produced it. But And also, I didn't engineer that one. That's the only one I didn't, oh, sorry, I didn't mix. I didn't mix or produce that one. Okay. But everything else, yeah, I did. You did? Wow. Um, yeah. So happy that happy that I got that done, but feels like it came from a place of something to prove to myself more than anything. But mm-hmm. you know, at the end of the day, it took way longer than I wanted it to, and <laughs> it took a toll on my mental health. I think by holding myself up in this not this room, my old apartment, and just like mixing this thing all day, which I I never really had any idea of how to do. But I even feel like that is something I had to get out of my system too, because, you know, music for me used to be this really collaborative thing with my band, but then I was kind of forced into doing this solo artist thing. So I think I probably got the idea in my head that like, I got to go at it alone. I got to do this all by myself. Um, which now I see as being a flawed thing because the, the product suffers and I suffer too. So yeah, making the EP was like a little bit of a painful thing. So I definitely mm-hmm. don't want to do that again. And I'm already, we're finishing up the second EP right now, which Wow. I'm not producing, but yeah, I learned a lot about 
hey, it's it's a safe thing to collaborate. It's not going to be like, I had to kind of convince myself, like, this is not going to turn out like your band. You're not going to end up stranded if you rely on other people. Like, that is a crazy coincidence that happened because of COVID. Like, it's not always going to be like that. You can work with other people and it'll be, it'll be fine. But that kind of took a while to, to open my brain to. Like, even yeah. the fact that I'm let, like letting someone else produce the CP is awesome because like they're a much better <laughs> producer than I am. And but it's hard to let go, it's, right? It's hard to let yeah. go of stuff that's precious to you. You're like, uh, like I don't know if I want someone else touching this. Is it gonna suck or you know? But obviously, I, I think it, it takes a lot of humility. Honestly, yeah. I think for me, like I didn't realize it. I used to think that. I wasn't letting people help as much as I wanted because I was, I don't really know what I thought back then, but I guess I had to realize that it was actually me being unconfident in my work that I was kind of limiting it by like, I don't know, let's make a video for $0. And then if it does well, like, Oh, that'd be, that's awesome because I didn't really try. Not that the money, that's more of an example. I guess I mean like if it's only me, then it's only myself to blame if it doesn't go well or something. Or I, I don't know how else to describe it. Maybe like by putting these limitations on it, it's like almost like I'm giving it more of an excuse to um, not be as good as it could be or something, which that's more well, of you like, have control over it. Right. I mean, giving up the control of this, of it in the creativity is a hard thing to do. Yeah. But I'm really happy that I've learned to not do that though, because yeah, it's I'm a hard like, thing okay, to do, but yeah. I'm not actually, at least at this point in my career, like I'm not really actually that interested in producing as much. Like I'm not, I'm happy I learned it, but same time too, like with mixing it, I'm not super interested in doing that. Like why don't I focus on what I actually like doing, make more of that and collaborate more and be open to it. But it's super scary. It's really scary for to let other people in that way. But I've been so much happier and I've been really enjoying making music again now that i've been much more collaborative and not so like <laughs> me by myself in a dark room because i don't sure. want it to be like and that's what it always used to be at least for that summer it was like music was this is kind of painful isolating self-destructive thing but i definitely don't want it to be like that anymore if i want to be happy throughout my life mm -hmm. i love it man well i i love the song that you've released thus far i can't wait to hear the rest of the ep so this is the first one uh so everything else that you've done is that's a that's in the past so everything moving forward will be a part of the cp until it comes yes out. gotcha and yeah it's a whole we i put together like a whole thing for this so there's also a short film that's going to go with it oh amazing. Gonna be super sick yeah so it's a short film with music video elements rather than the other way around so there's a little bit of music in it. So my songs are in it, but they're like the soundtrack to the, the film, right? Oh, so, so there's like a dialogue and a total. It's not just the the, the EP playing through during. No, the there's actually okay. very little music. The music is just there to be the soundtrack, but it's it's all acted out, all dialogue. We did it with, um, my girlfriend directed it, and she also stars in it with me. And then we had a whole crew, and like even that was a whole thing that I've always wanted to do these music videos all by myself, but. I had no choice but to let go of the reins when you're making something as big of a scale as this is. And that was such a relieving, nice process to be like, oh my God, like let these talented people make this thing better rather than me having to be a control freak about everything. But 
what I learned is like what I do like to do is I like to do the writing and I like to do the acting, but I don't necessarily want to direct this thing, nor do I necessarily have the best vision for it, you know, but my girlfriend's an amazingly talented director. And so I was happy to, I felt great knowing it was in her hands and then just kind of spearheading the, the thing, but I'm really excited to put that out. That's going to be, a really cool experiment. I've never really seen anything like what we did. So yeah. is it going to come out around the same time as the EP or? Yeah. It'll come out oh. the same time as the EP. Wow. Well, yeah. I'm excited, man. Yeah. It's, it's going to be super sick. Cool. I'm uh, very, very stoked about how it all came together. And it felt cool to put together a project like this scale and, you know, cause I, I never even put together an EP, but I put together an EP with a short film that is like it's companion piece so i was like where did this come from this is pretty pretty <laughs> ambitious i'm hoping it turns out really well we're not finished with the editing yet but i'm really happy with just the fact that we put it together i'm happy with the fact that the footage exists basically because i always wanted to do something like this and even just making it was a huge accomplishment so i'm excited to see how it turns out awesome so am i and i can't wait to hear the rest of the cp i I love that you said um, that you're kind of like, obviously the, the pop punk thing made its way back within the past couple of years, but you wanted to take it back even further to more of the nineties, like Weezer Pinkerton stuff. Cause when I hear yeah. the song that you put out, um, it, I can't pinpoint a band or a song, but it feels like it, it sits in there with like the Everclear, like that era of nineties music. Exactly. When I started it, the song, I actually was like, I want to make this not a parody, but I want to take like every 90s song, like trope and like put into a song and then change the production. So it sounds modern. But then when I was done with it, I was like, well, this is kind of awesome. It's just like a throwback. So I like didn't end up redoing the production. That's why that one's not reproduced, you know, because okay. that one just yeah. ended up keeping the original idea of like, let's make this. This is before all the AI stuff. When I, but I was like, imagine if you made like a 90s song with an ai band or something like let's make this the most 90s thing but yeah. obviously it's like I, I even went in like if you hear in the song like there's a little synth in there which is literally the sound of a game boy i'm like pressing the buttons of the game boy no to make those way. sounds yeah like i yeah i put a synth on the game boy color and i like you know pitched it around in post but yeah that's yeah. the sound you're hearing is, is the game boy sound so even no. like that i was like let's just make this like super 90s that's awesome. I'll have to go back and, and listen for that piece. That's yeah, it's super cool. It's a little yeah. bleeps and bloops about the verses. Well, yeah, when I hear it, when I heard it, I was like, damn, like, yeah, it sounds like if I was listening to alternative radio station in, in 1997, you know, seven, it would just like, that would be a song. <laughs> that happens, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, it's really, but it's cool. It's modern though. You know, it doesn't sound like you yeah, like the songwriting, right? Yeah. Like, I was like, there's just, I feel like there were certain, or there used to be before the advent of like social media and stuff, there used to be sort of like rules of what you could and couldn't say in the lyrics. Like it would be kind of weird to hear an older song that would get too specific. But like another big theme of the CP is like, let's see how specific I can get with these lyrics. Like kind of <laughs> like Happy Healthy, right? Let's make this yeah. completely personalized to my own experience. No metaphor. Let's not even make this, let's not even try to make this relatable. It's just like, say what happened. Like, <laughs> don't even make a rhyme. This is just there. And I feel like that is a pretty modern thing to do in terms uh -huh. of, I think mean, modern is the right word, but that's something that I guess I wouldn't have heard back then. Right. And so, yeah, um, you'll hear that a lot more like in the EP itself. I'm like talking about things that are 
super of its time, you know? And that's like really what I wanted to do too, is I want to make like a 2021 core album. Like people, I don't know. I, I wanted to really feel like a, a time capsule, but I guess a, a lot of things. So. Awesome, dude. Well, again, uh, thank you so much for having this conversation with me and uh, yeah. I love what you're doing and I can't wait to hear this the whole EP and, and now check out this film. So that's thank really you. Cool. Thank you for having me. I uh, appreciate you having me on here and letting me spill my guts. Oh man, this has been great. I have one more question for you uh, before I let you yeah. go, Max. I want to know if you have any advice for aspiring artists. Ooh. Okay. Be an artist. Okay. I know that's going to sound like a weird advice, but like you're not like think of what you're doing as like a big spiritual art piece like you are the artist that is what you're working on not the individual song not even the ep not even the album like each one of these little things you work on is just practice for like the big art piece which is yourself and i i completely just ripped that from the book the artist way but like seriously when i was focused on it on the micro level even as much as like is this the best chord progression? Like, no, expand it. Like it doesn't, the details don't matter as much as like, how are you developing as an artist? And once you start focusing on that, so many answers become clear, you know, like I know a lot of artists, myself included, like struggle with like, what do you post on social media? Well, if you think about it from like the top down level, like who am I, how do I be authentic on all fronts? What would my artists do? What would I do? All the answers become clear. Then you never like run out of things to say when you're, writing a song or it's like, it's not about the song. It's not about the individual thing. It's about what you as a piece of art to yourself mean. I hope that makes sense. But thinking about it as big picture as possible and everything in your life should be, I guess, not in service of the art, but it is, it's all, it all comes down to the big art piece. So that's my biggest piece of advice. Focus on the big, the big picture. Mm-hmm.